faithful and loyal readers and listeners. Welcome to a combined segment of First of the Day and Fear the Bible in one other than they are combined. It's because our First of the Day and our passage from day 97 of Earth of the Bible series of the Bible one year go hand in hand. Act. 
actively following through on one's commitments. It also includes gentleness, which is the Greek priorities, which refers to the quality shown by a mild friendliness or forbearance, especially to an enemy, <coughs> when harshness would be the expected behavior. So, like its synonym, Ipakia, the Greek word here that is interpreted as gentleness, has more to do with with one, with one who follows one who follows the proper way of life, and later referred to forbearance and mildness. In other words, a gentle person will act mercifully and appropriately. And lastly, it includes self-control, which is the Greek word ikratia, which is the discipline of mastering one's own desires, emotions, and passions. It requires, depending on God, to overcome temptation and remain spiritually strong and pure. It is strongly related to faithfulness to one's marriage vows. There are no exceptions and or restrictions to the lifestyle that is described here. And we as Christians can and must practice these character qualities over and over again because we will never discover a law that prohibits us from living by these principles. So while there is no law that will prohibit us, there are certain actions that will prohibit us from and what we'll see in this next passage that we're going to look at, which is Luke 12, 13 through 34, we won't see what those actions are. Here's what that says. It says, Someone from the crowd said to him, Didn't you tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me? Friend, he said to him, Who appointed me a judge or arbiter over you? He then told them, Watch out and be on guard against all greed, because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. Then he told them a parable, a rich man's land was very productive. He thought to himself, what should I do since I don't have anywhere to store my crops? I will do this, he said, I will take down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, you have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life is demanded of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? It is how it is with one who stores up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. And he said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about the body, what you will wear, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they don't sow or weep, they don't have a storeroom or a barn, yet God feeds them. Don't <coughs> you worth much more than the birds? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? If you then... If if then you are not able to do even a little thing, why worry about the rest? 
Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin thread. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. Yet that's how God clothes the grass which is in the field today and is thrown into the furnace tomorrow. How much more will he do for you, you of little faith? Don't strive for what you should eat and what you should drink, and don't be anxious for the Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be provided for you. Don't be afraid, little flock, because your Father delights to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Make money bags for yourselves that won't grow old, and inexhaustible treasure in heaven where no thief comes and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So in this passage, Jesus is talking about one of the leading causes people not living a life that displays the fruit of the Spirit that we just finished talking about. And the leading cause that Jesus is talking about here is greed and the anxiety that this greed causes in your life. So in verse 15 of this passage, Jesus tells us this, so watch out and be on guard against all greed, because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. So the question that we should all be asking ourselves is this. What exactly is Jesus saying here? So he is saying to make earthly gain, or which is a primary desire in your life, is a costly and fatal error can lead to eternal loss. And that you must realize that in no way does your wealth determine your or your significance. <clears throat> and there are three big things that we must understand before we get on to the cure for this greed and the anxiety that it causes. So the first thing we gotta say is the Greek word used here for Greek, plenonixia, literally conveys the thirst for having which simply means that the desire for and the drive to possess worldly things builds upon itself. It's like an engine driving itself forward and forward and forward and forward and forward. That all you want and desire is more and more and more and more and more of the same thing. The second thing is a selfish and wrongful desire for more does not refer to providing for one's own needs and those of your family. While well, part of your life must be spent working to provide for your needs, you must be careful to invest your time, efforts, and resources in becoming rich towards God. So this involves pursuing His kingdom and His righteousness above everything else. So that's the second thing. The third thing is that each, the third and final thing is each of us should pay attention to Jesus' warning and examine whether selfishness and greed exist in your own heart. But thankfully, verse 31 of, today's, of this passage, Jesus gives us the cure for greed and the anxiety that it causes when he says, 
says this, but seek his kingdom and these things will be provided for you. But how does this cure work? In other words, how do we apply this cure to our lives? And thankfully, Jesus gives us the answer to that question in the very last verse in today's passage, which, by the way, is verse 34, when he says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For you see, your treasure is what you value and pursue the most in life. And it is proven by your priorities, passions, practices, and or actions. So your heart represents feelings, thoughts, desires, values, will, and decisions. In other words, it is the very core of who you really are. And your heart is attracted to the things that are most important to you. So here's how this cure is applied to your life. So if you're if you treasure earthly things, then your heart and affections will be motivated and captivated by such things. So in other words, you put your treasure in things that will fade away, things that moth and rust will eat up and destroy. But if you treasure is in God's kingdom, which by the way is his purposes on earth that will have effect for eternity. You are motivated by his word, his presence, and your relationship to him. Then your heart will be drawn closer to him. And as a result, your life will be set on his eternal purposes. As you prepare for the Lord's return. So the Bible readings for today that you should complete today. Or Deuteronomy 31, 1 through 32, 27, Luke 12, 8 through 34, Psalm 78, 32 through 55, Proverbs 12, 21 through 23, and what you should, you should complete tomorrow are going to be Deuteronomy 32, 28 through 52. 12, 35 through 59, Psalm 78, 56 through 64.